Feeling Abandoned by God on this edition of Truth in Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And this week on the podcast, I am grateful to have with us lead pastor at Grace Fellowship in Florence, Kentucky, that's in the Cincinnati area, uh, Brad Bigney. And he has been an ACBC member for quite some time. Many of our members know Brad very well. He's spoken at many of our conferences and workshops, and he does some of our regional training. The work that they're doing up at Grace Fellowship is really exciting. I always love when I have the chance to sit down with Brad and to talk things over. And this time, we're we're going to be talking about maybe a, a, a deep, dark, difficult subject when we talk about the real feelings that we have, Brad, about feeling abandoned by God. I'm so grateful that you're here to discuss this issue with us. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thanks, Dale. I always enjoy time with you or ACBC. Amen, man. It's always good and fun. We, we enjoy you being around and being on our team and, and speaking the truth in love to us all anytime you get a chance to minister the Word. Now, you and I have been talking, I, I noticed recently that you uh, preached a sermon series through some really difficult passages, the, some of the darkest passages in the Bible. I mean, so as I think about me preaching a sermon series, it, as a pastor, sometimes you, you want to tend toward things that would be encouraging to your people, but you were drawn to, to wanting to preach through a, a sermon series on some of the darker passages. I mean, some people would argue that Psalm 88 is one of the darkest passages of the Bible. So uh, why would you as a pastor choose to go in that direction to use this uh, to teach to your people? Well, I hope some of it is just as I'm maturing and aging in the Lord in my own walk with the Lord that I'm becoming more comfortable with all the Bible. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest, Dale. When I was younger, I grew up in the church. I would skim through the book of Job and skim through these dark psalms, and I really, in the back of my mind, thought, I'm not sure what all this is about, mm. but I'm not comfortable with it because it's not all tied up with a bow. It's not, it's just not this, all the lines drawn cleanly, mm. so I don't know what to do with it because I think by nature we tend to think everything needs to be systematic and have clean answers and how do we fix this problem, and it doesn't seem like anything's getting fixed in those chapters, mm. so, but... As you suffer and as you mature, and I hope also part of it is uh, those that might be listening that are pastors, hear this. When you counsel mm. and you sit with people at close range, yeah. you learn aspects of your flock that you're, they're not going to say at the front door as they shake your hand. That's right. Hey, great sermon, pastor, but I want you to know I'm having awful thoughts about God. I know what I should believe, but here's what I'm... They're not going to tell you that. But mm. in counseling, if you sit and listen well and love well, they'll open up. And I began to realize I've got good people, mm. not immature, godless, mature Christians who have some of the very thoughts that these chapters articulate. Yeah. And so instead of running from them, I've found myself over the last decade pointing people to chapters that I used to avoid. Mm. And... uh I'll give you a perfect example. A woman in our church grabbed me right after the third service in the past couple of weeks. And, oh, she's so dear. And they all, she always sat right in the third row with her husband. There they are. And he died suddenly. Just no no prior, prior notice, not cancer. They were just working in the yard. 
and he mm. wasn't old. Mm. And she walked around the corner to say hi to a neighbor, came back. He stretched out on the ground. She thought he was just kidding. Mm. He was a real jokester. And then she went over and she couldn't wake him. He was blue. Oh, he was dead. Mm. Well, to her credit, she's been in church every Sunday since the funeral. Mm. But she grabbed me a few weeks ago and said, I could tell she was almost ashamed. Mm. Brad, I want you to know. And she whispered, I'm having terrible thoughts about God. Mm. I'm angry and I know I shouldn't think this, but I said, let's call her Sally. I said, Sally, mm. oh, I love you dearly. I'm mm. so proud of you. Mm. Did you know there's a place in the scriptures for you? Mm. And I actually assigned her and I said, now email me. I'm going to email you some chapters. And mm. I assigned her some chapters of lamentation. Mm. And I said, let these give voice to your feelings. You're not alone. Mm. You're not the first to have felt this. And she she responded back later and said, oh, thank you. Mm. Sometimes believers need to just be given permission mm. that it's okay to feel this way. Now, we don't want them to stay there forever. Right. But at this point, she's not there forever. But I think it's an oversell sometimes when we think, oh, if you really know Jesus and you know Romans 8, 28, all things work together. What she did not need me to do is lean in and say, you know, all things work together. Mm. She knows that. Yep. What she needs to know is what am I supposed to do with these feelings? Mm -hmm. And so for me, Dale, I believe what we learn from the Psalms of Lamentation is that we have permission mm -hmm. to voice our complaint to God mm -hmm. in prayer. That's right. That's not the same as complaining out loud about God to other people. Mm -hmm. That's a sin. Yeah. But these are prayers, mm -hmm. dark prayers, but they're prayers. So I think that's interesting. You're you're distinguishing there. Uh, I think a, a very helpful in a very helpful way. Uh, you're distinguishing the difference between uh, oftentimes how we want to respond in some dark issues or issues of suffering, and we want to complain, often complaining to others. But what you're describing there, I think, is helpful because you're saying we still feel like that. We still feel broken and despairing, even as she describes she's having dark thoughts about God. Mm -hmm. Even what she know would maybe be untrue thoughts about God, mm -hmm. but she's feeling those. And you're teaching her how to, as you described it, maybe complain to God or take those cares to God. Now, as a pastor, as a counselor, when you get in the room with somebody who's like that, you've mentioned you would get her to read some of those Psalms of Lamentation. What are some of the other things that you might do and ways that you might use a passage like Psalm 88? Well, uh, the other the other place that I'm finding that mm. it's helpful is anyone who's, who's aware of suffering today mm. surely is starting to notice the uptick of the number of people it seems that we have in America. Mm. And we're not accustomed to this. We're accustomed to we have top medical help. Mm. If I describe to you my problem... There is some way to remove this. Mm. There's a label and something they can do. And more and more, I have people in our church that live with chronic, undiagnosed. And I know there's a place for perhaps mm. some of these people. It's in their he head. But mm. I'm not willing to put all these people sure. in that camp. Mm -hmm. There are some people that live with something that is limiting what they can do. It's painful. And it's a prolonged chronic illness. Mm -hmm. So like even in Psalm 88, it appears that I, what, one thing I love about the Psalms is you don't ever truly know what is their specific problem. Mm. I think that's good. Therefore, we can apply it to anything. All we know is in Psalm 88, verse 15, he says, I have been afflicted from my youth. Mm. Whatever this is has been going on a long time. Mm -hmm. Where do you take people who 
because because many times we can suffer well when it's a sprint mm-hmm. and we grab hold of our verses and we lean in. But if the truth would be moan, we expect mm. it to end fairly soon. Yeah. When it doesn't, I've watched even the best Christian, mature Christian, their theology can start to show some fraying mm-hmm. around the edges mm-hmm. when it doesn't end quickly. I think these chapters are for when it doesn't end quickly, Mm -hmm. and particularly when the suffering makes no sense. Mm -hmm. That's what the book of Job is largely about. But many of these psalms, you can hear the psalmist in Psalm 73, it's like, surely God is good to Israel, Mm. but as for me, my steps had almost slipped. It's like he knows the party line. He's been taught what is right, and he truly has believed that, Mm -hmm. but he's being honest enough to say, but right now I want to be honest. Mm -hmm. It looks like the unbelievers and evil people have it better. Mm -hmm. It was just this honesty. When you hit those places in life where you say, this doesn't make sense theologically. That's right. right. Yeah, and we see David consistently uh, bearing himself before the Lord to say, uh, Lord, ha- have you forgotten me? Is your steadfast love, is it gone? Has it ceased? I mean, yeah. these are questions that are consistent that we see uh, throughout the Psalms. And uh, these are real fe- real feelings that, that we have often that we experience in the environments that we live in, the cursed world that, that we certainly are a part of. Uh, you mentioned earlier, and I thought this was interesting as a young pastor. I can totally resonate with this as a young minister. There are some passages where it's almost fearful to step into, yeah. uh, and you're afraid that how in the world am I going to explain this to yeah. my people? So when you think about these Psalms of Lamentation, why do you think these types of, of Psalms, these laments that we feel, why does it make people so uncomfortable? I mean, why is it that these yeah. Psalms get ignored or neglected in our thinking. Yeah. Well, I, I know what I was thinking, and I think that I don't want to lay it unnecessarily on everyone, but I think it's kind of human nature. From birth, we tend to think that everything can be a formula. We're, we're driven to formulas. Think about it. Yeah. We don't drift towards grace. We drift towards law. Mm-hmm. We don't drift towards a Savior. We drift towards systems. Mm-hmm. I find that human beings are given to systems. Yeah. Show me a set of boxes that I should check and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's driven by the sin nature that we have that for self-autonomy. Mm-hmm. I want to know that I can do life on my own. Yeah. So therefore, when we look at a chapter like that, you say, Ooh, I don't know what's going on there, but I don't ever want to be like that person. Mm. And so we step back assuming, I don't know what that is. But that's when you don't understand the system. Mm. You don't know the boxes to check. You don't have the right formula, right? Mm. But if you live life long enough, you start to realize, ah, I don't know. That's why I love to point out to my counselees, this is not an immature believer. Yeah. Like in Psalm 88, sometimes it'll give you the title, the sons of Korah. Mm -hmm. These were mature believers that already had some greatest hits. That's right. Sons of Korah had already written Psalm 84. Mm. A day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. So don't say they don't know the Lord. They do. Yeah. And yet you could have a season that gives you thoughts this dark. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we're too quick to assume there's no value in expressing Mm -hmm. emotions that are confusing. And we think it would be better to help the person know how to, oh, don't say that. Yeah. Don't say that. Mm -hmm. And I hope that our listeners could realize sometimes one of the best things you could do for a fellow suffering Mm -hmm. Christian is give them a safe place to voice Mm -hmm. what they're really feeling. 
Don't hear me saying help them stay stuck there. Right. But sometimes we're too quick with verses to think just stuff yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Stuffing that doesn't help. Mm-mm. The Bible doesn't just give us solutions to the problem. Many times it gives us a voice that expresses the emotions we feel with that problem. Mm-hmm. That's what some of these chapters are, a voice. Not so much an answer, and that's why so much when you're mm-hmm. younger, you don't like it. That's I don't right. see a good answer that's there. Right. In fact, so much of that's not right. Twice the psalmist says in Psalm 88, your wrath mm-hmm. is rolled. Well, we know that's not right. right. God's wrath is never poured out on a child, but that's what he feels. Mm-hmm. That's what he's, He thinks he's been abandoned because his feelings are of abandonment. Mm-hmm. So don't hear me saying, oh, Make those chapters your life chapters. I only live there. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to stay there, Mm -hmm. but to stop there on their way to a better place can be really helpful and can actually help them get to a better place sooner. If you tell them to skip that, what's in the Bible for a reason? Mm -hmm. It's in the Bible for a reason because that's... That's exactly our human experience. Mm-hmm. And you you made a really good point that I want to make sure that we highlight before we finish. And that point is that uh, even mature believers struggle with feelings like this because of our experiences. And, and the Bible makes that clear. People who are very mature, uh, people of God, struggle with these deep, dark thoughts. And yeah. the distinction that we see in the Bible is we either turn from God toward bitterness, mm-hmm. questioning his goodness, or like these Psalms encourage us to do, bring those requests to the Lord. Bring those cares before Him in lamentation, in concern, in deep and raw confession before the Lord. So that's the posture, and I think that's really important that we teach our people, when you feel like this, the feeling itself is not sinful to turn you away from God. Run Mm -hmm. to Him run to him. Yeah. So Brad, I appreciate this. Uh, this has been a very encouraging time for us to really wrestle with the idea that sometimes we do, as the psalmist describes, we feel abandoned by God because of our circumstances. And the beauty of the scriptures, it gives expression uh, of that feeling mm-hmm. right back to God. So thank you for acknowledging that. Thank you for being here with our discussion today on the podcast. It's a joy. And uh, the longer I live, the more I love the Bible, all of it. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. And Brad and I have been talking about when we feel abandoned by God and some of the darkness that we experience quite a bit. In fact, our most recent conference with ACBC, we we talked about this issue, Valley of the Shadow of Death, talking about suicide and some of the ways that we experience deep downcast seasons where we find ourselves lamenting over our situations. I've been very helped personally by a book that has been compiled by C.H. Spurgeon. It's a series of his sermons. It's called The Silent Shades of Sorrow, Healing for the Wounded. I want to recommend that book to you. I think it'd be helpful for you to read through. He was a well-known pastor, but yet he struggled deeply with sorrow. And he gives expression to the scriptures and such encouragement to wrestle well with the deep sorrows, the darknesses that we walk through and experience, being honest with who we are and what we're feeling but also clinging to the truth as an anchor of our soul. So I want to commend that book to you and also let you know that you can find the resources that were taught at our annual conference on our website, on our resource page, by visiting us at biblicalcounseling.com.